Hello and welcome to BizPod. On this week's episode, we're discussing work-life balance, how to maintain a good personal and professional balance. Enjoy! Hello there, I Anton. I am doing how well, doing? Um, mainly as I have gotten that good work-life balance, which is our main talking point of today. Tying it in. How about yourself, Wow, and that's the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah, I feel I'm still developing my work-life balance. I think especially with the um, interesting situation that we've got going on currently, work-life balance can be a little bit trickier. But, you know, we get those good habits and roles in now. And and yeah, once we're able to go outside, we'll be free. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things is that I think different people have different thresholds uh, Mm. for, you know, what they can endure. And I think that's not even just due to the person on, you know, it can be very circumstantial maintaining that good work life balance. Yeah, and I think um, there's definitely a lot of introverts which are flourishing right now. And you know what, I feel for them or, you know, I I stand with them. But as a, a very extroverted person, you know, it it is it is getting to me. It's definitely getting to me. Um, but we are lucky in that the work that we do is really just enjoyable and so fun, and and it, that makes it easier. I would say. Yeah, and you know, I think this goes to anyone who you know, if you're an entrepreneur, a student, um, or you know, just working at a company you love, um, you know, figuring out how to maintain that balance you know, goes through uh, many stretches of our lives. So I'm just kind of wondering, Louise, when in your life have you first been conscious of, okay, I need to maintain a balance here? Because I think, you know, early on as a a young uh, going to school and all that sort of thing, you only have so much work, but there is a, a turning point and that hits people at different times. I guess it is interesting because I do really think the concept of homework is to try and learn you those skills and to get you to pick up the sort of rules which you will then follow. You know, I don't think there's any set way to do homework. Um, And as somebody who ended up not having to do homework so much in high school, um, I had a lot of free periods. So in that time, I was able to catch up on the work that I needed to do. And, And really, it was from high school managing my own time and then I eventually went part-time and you know by the time you're doing exams you've really got to be able to sit down and do the work that's required because things like exams will give you qualifications and qualifications are hard to kind of undo redo either way. I always felt it was worth giving my best and that involved really dedicating a lot of time to whatever it was I was working on but also you've got to enjoy yourself. I think if you are just slaving away endlessly there's a real difficulty there because if you know okay it's only for a year you know, you can dedicate yourself and you can get that done. And I think high school can kind of feel endless in some ways. So for me, it was very much about, right, I've got to commit myself and I've got to do all this work, but also I don't want to just be bored and working forever. So that's that's where I find rules like keeping my desk clear, my room tidy. If I was really not feeling it, doing 20 minutes, five minute break, 20 minutes, five minute break, make sure to stay hydrated um, have little snacks if it's like a full day kind of thing of, of work that you're doing, body of work. And yeah, I've just kept up those habits pretty much. Yes, um, it is very true how 
you know, a lot of, you know, especially high school more so than primary school is teaching you those sort of habits of how to manage yourself where, um, you know, I know for myself during my high school years, I did a lot of YouTube and original content production on the site and, you know, that's very exciting and fun as well as that you can kind of see it as work in many ways and it was very easy to just be like, this is everything I do, but, uh, you know, managing to maintain in that balance where, you know, you're giving time to the, the boring, annoying stuff which at the time was school, is very valuable. And then, you know, as you become an adult, um, it's been transferable to, you know, I'm, let's say, you know, what we're doing now. Here, balancing the really exciting upcoming stuff we're doing at NACA Media LP with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, taking and, you know, doing the laundry and ironing, you know, balance. <laughs> <laughs> the ironing of leads generation. But then at the same time, I think your attitude really comes into it because I know I've done some housekeeping jobs where ironing was a part of it and that was always like oh great I don't have to talk to anyone I can just put my headphones in or put the radio on and I can just iron for away for hours so there is definitely sort of up, ups and downs to different elements of a job but I think finding what you enjoy in parts can make it easy I think I don't want to sort of get into those more toxic ideas of you've got to make everything that you do worthwhile and, and love it and, and be fully endorsed. But I think there are ways you can make things better. If it is like when you're doing the lead generation that we have to do a lot, having a bit of music in the background can actually just make it a bit more enjoyable. You know, I'm not saying put a film on or, or fully zone out, but just sort of there are little things that you can do if you're sat at home in silence that can make it feel a bit more like an office or like a sort of a workspace. Yeah, and um, I think even then, if you're doing well yourself uh, as an individual, as you know, I think in many ways I'm, I can fall in that, camp where honestly i'm pretty happy just working 12 hours a day until i burn out four weeks later um <laughs> i know you know it's not awful. healthy but um, not healthy you know i think in that sort of case it's also a case of remembering that even if you yourself can maintain that really high work balancing less the life aspect um you know you've got the people around you you know you've got your your family you've got your friends your partners um which you know obviously you don't they don't have to depend on you or anything like that but you know i think everybody especially in these times appreciates that you know everybody makes time for each other you know we we're all in this together and you know it's all lovely to you know support the people that are near you and not just bury yourself down in your laptop for 12 hours a day it, it is interesting because i think sometimes you sit in a more unique position when it comes to work-life balance and and you know it was things like when you were like wow i discovered lunches and and stuff like that i really do find <laughs> interesting because it's sort of it says not only so much about your work ethic but also your work-life work balance which i think we are both figuring out but there there is definitely elements there of practices which i would have never come to organically because of the way that i work that you have come to organically because of the way that you work. And again, we can kind of share those tips as we are sort of two people that work very differently in ways. But of course, we've got to work together mm -hmm. um, and consistently and every day. So I know at the start, it was setting up a, a morning start time. That was a bit difficult because at the time you were on night mode, <laughs> which I'd love to know a little bit more about how does how can night mode work in a work-life balance? Yeah, night night mode, uh, or rather night shift, is um, an interesting one where historically for me, it's always been a case of optimizing my time so I can just work consistently without breaks. So, 
you know, there was a period when we had a client um, in 2019 and, you know, we had, uh, we both had two big jobs coming up in the summer of that year. So to get through the post-production of that very quickly, because the organization had many staff, went on to night shift. So basically I could crunch for many, many an hour, flip over a draft. They had eight hours to send it through their bureaucratic system of uh, checks and approvals and then by like maybe about 4 p.m. their time well it was my time but I was sleeping um they would probably wrap <laughs> up all their drafts send me an email so when I woke up at about 6 p.m. I could then sit there and get some uh, implementations of the drafts but yeah it's interesting because I, I know especially coming from my circumstances like I had a, a mother which up until the pandemic was working like five jobs and um you know they had the you know the ability to do that and all that sort of stuff but I know if you know let's say they had more children or were more socially active that sort of balance would have fallen apart more so than um, they were able to maintain with just the one child. And I think even that that the idea of night shift which I think is something that you're more familiar with as that's the way your dad works sort of goes almost contradictory to like the way that my parents have worked very much as my dad has worked from home so there's kind of those habits I think I've picked up and learned and integrated into my behavioral patterns which you know again very telling what have we learned how do we use it and it is an interesting one because we both currently don't really have many dependencies at all we are able to do things like okay for this job we'll do an all-nighter or we'll switch into a night mode for a bit or right this shift if we want to get both stuff done today that'll be a 14-hour day and you know we don't have kids that we've got to pick up I mean, we've got to feed ourselves, but, you know, there's there's less of those, okay, gosh, I've got to be here at these times. You know, there's no pets to feed. There's none of Indeed. that. And so the work-life balance that we maintain has to be for ourselves rather than I think we're forced to having to do this to kind of keep other things alive. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, we have to do it to keep ourselves alive in a way. Yeah, it's um, it's quite a, a shame slash funny in many ways. Um, I have a, a good friend who works in the, the music world. Every year I've known him uh, for a good bit now. Worked tirelessly on many client-based style projects. And, you know, it was only with the having a, a child come along the way that he's finally started saying no to jobs. And I think you need to just say no generally. I think, you know, if he had started saying no earlier... And not just going for that one more exciting job, you know, there could have been a lot more happiness. It would be nice to, you know, at the end of the night, maybe just sit down on the couch with your, your wife and watch a, a movie mm. rather than, you know, getting that one extra job for the CV. And especially once you're up and running, um, I think being able to say no to not even a client-based job, but, you know, you know, maybe you don't need a, a fifth job. Maybe four's plenty for you and you like having a little bit of video games in the evening. You know, you've got plenty of options there. And, and I think that like personal time to unwind is really important for us as humans. Um, you know, you say like a bit of time to play video games, but I think active time to zone out, whether that is just disengaging from everything or spending some, you know, casual relaxation time with a partner or a friend. Um, I really underestimated going to the pub and just grabbing a drink with people because it is, you know, it's not in anyone's house. It is a casual setting. And though I think there's definitely, there was a privilege in being able to do that. There was something nice about, I'll meet you after work and we just talk about us as people rather than, okay, actually I've got three more productive hours. What can I be doing to make my job the best? 
Um, I always think back to um, Charlie Chaplin's modern times whenever I get a little bit too time managey about things because it is sort of that idea of r- robots and production and I don't know I, I personally wish that I could sort of go back to nature and live in a cottage and grow all mm. my own food but video production skills don't really fall into that category very well. Ah, not not quite yet, but we'll find a way to tie them together. But what was lovely here was when we had our interview with Rash, uh, you know, very accredited entrepreneur, uh, great, very successful, doing fantastic stuff uh, with Goodman Lantern. Mm. But I, I really admired the fact that he enabled time, you know, on a Friday to just do stuff that he was interested in, basically just trying to further themselves, where even then it wasn't like he was taking lifetime, like, you know, on going on the life side of the good work-life balance yeah. to do important stuff. He was literally doing important stuff for him, which I think was very important. And I think it could be equally or even more important if you're in the creative field where I think you do need a a degree of stimulus things to look at to grow yourself a little yeah well there's elements of treating yourself as an asset and I think however you choose to interpret that uh, is sort of up for debate but yeah you're right there is an element of okay I need to care for this you know this machine that I use every day whether that is getting enough sleep eating the right amount for you exercising the right amount for you, getting enough social, I think that can all be done in a productive way. Because sometimes projects can be really exciting and really involving and you can just really love it and then suddenly you're spending all these extra hours. And I think as creative people, that's like a trap that we fall into a lot. And so if we keep doing that, you know, if you keep just repeating those maybe slightly destructive patterns, as as you said from the start, burnout can kind of get to you. Absolutely. And um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's best to work, you know, smarter rather than harder. You know, there's no point just plummeting yourself into the ground. You know, if you're able to walk away, you can reflect, you can think of new ideas, you can uh, think of new ways to approach it. You know, if you've been sending off, you know, cold calling 80 people, not even 80 people, you know, 12 hours a day, mm. you know, if you'd maybe walked away for a little bit, taken time, went for a walk, done something, uh, not even went for a walk, you know, literally just made dinner, uh, took more time, you know, made something a little bit fancier that you enjoyed, uh, spent the evening with your partner or roommate or whoever, you know, you're giving yourself space to think, oh, actually, what if I like did some spec work? I have this idea, mm-hmm. you know, I went to this place, this pizza I just ordered or, you know, oh, that was brilliant. I'll do a spec work ad for them rather than just doing the cold work and you know these are ideas um obviously very small in this instance that um you know you may have not had and you know it might help you if you're coding an app you might think of a, a more ingenious way to do something that might require less code um in terms of days even and I, and I think you're sort of hitting something there with hours that I think a lot of us who work from home have discovered during the pandemic that I know like our one of our friends they do some work for a bank but they're sort of working from home with their partner and basically because it is you just have to do x amount of hours they can do those hours when it suits them so often not sort of taking the lunch break but ending a bit early or starting really very early just when they wake up and then carrying on and maybe ending at like 2 p.m so then they've got not just a decent chunk of the evening but they can also go and do shopping they can maybe catch up with a friend outside 
things like that, then also they'd maybe do like two hours on a Saturday, maybe two hours on a Sunday in the evening, you know, catch up on a little bit of work. Um, and that's kind of, we, we are a bit more structured than that because we sort of have to work in tandem. But it is definitely that kind of, you know, work when you're motivated, um, I think is really important, especially especially when you're working from home, because it could be, you know, okay, I'll do my seven hours straight in a row and then I want to go for a walk in the evening. But especially in like Scotland, it gets really dark in the evening. So it's things like, okay, well, if I take a longer lunch, I do my lunch break and I also, you know, maybe go for a walk, right? And then I'll finish a bit later so that I'm getting that sunlight, so I'm doing all that work. And that kind of freedom, which uh, I realise doesn't come with every job, I think is really key in a work-life balance. Yeah, and, you know, I can speak from experience that is incredibly useful where... You know, for instance, like looking at the week we've had this week at uh, Louise, you know, we've Ugh, had a gross, couple a couple days week. earlier in the week where, you know, I was able to put, you know, a couple extra hours in the evening. Um, mm. And then both of us just decided to take the Wednesday off. You know, we <laughs> yeah. both had other things that we wanted to schedule in that day. So, you know, we're able to squeeze in work when we we're feeling a little bit more uh, motivated and creative and do it then, you know, um, even outside of it being unproductive and unhelpful it's not fun to be writing when you basically got the equivalents of uh, writer's brock or whatever it would be in your mm. equivalent fields well i think that's something i've been talking about with some family friends recently is that idea of productive hours you know you could be working 35 hours a week but are those 35 productive hours and i think a lot of people who are now having to work from home are finding that those productive hours you know which you would have spent in an office and there's maybe a five minute catch-up chat and then there's maybe a meeting and so you prep a little bit before the meeting and then walking down the corridors and then grabbing a cup of tea all of those kind of moments of pause or respite they're maybe not getting when you're at home if you've got kids you know and you're having to lock yourself in the office if you even have an office um a lot of people don't I'm just in my bedroom <laughs> and it's that kind of thing of you know having that space is really important having that dedicated time is really important because again it comes back to you know your ability to work I think as creatives our motivation can kind of fluctuate a little but I think you know we know how to care for ourselves and we know how to kind of ignite a creative spark but if you've spent the last two three months having to lock yourself in a dark room you know to kind of force yourself to work that work and those hours are not going to be your most productive hours when as if it was maybe okay well if every two hours you know I took a 10 minute break sure that adds up at the end of the day but it might then make those hours more productive uh, you know You've got to make it work for yourself, really. Yeah, you know, if you're in your office or the, your little space that you've allocated for working, and you know, you're not doing your best work, you may as well just put that towards, you know, uh, enriching your life around that. So, you know, whether that's something simple, you know, just doing the cleaning or whatever. Uh, I've given too many examples on this episode already. Uh, but, you know, if it's just doing something like that, do that for a bit and then you can come back to it and then you'll be far better. And I think especially just being able to do that for a certain amount of times or alternately you might be somebody who you know feels like you know you get up at 5 a.m naturally and you know you hate that you have to wait until 9 a.m you know sorry 6 a.m mm. wrap up in the, the afternoon and then you've got the full day to you know basically guilt free turn off your phone and not worry about the emails for a wee bit <laughs> yeah you and me and our emails <laughs> and yeah it's it is interesting because things like you know i think spending time with your 
partner or friends or whoever you live with uh, can be really vital for that work-life balance. Um, I always sort of think about that that clip from The Simpsons where, you know, it's we work hard, we play hard. And I think there are there is sort of a truth to that in if you're working very hard, you know, day in, day out, right, sit down, do those productive hours, get back to it. There will be elements of you're like, man, I just really want to socialize. I really want to just get sunken into a cross-stitch project. That's something that I've been doing again in my free time. And sure, there is a productive element to it, but it doesn't really matter if the cross-stitch comes out looking good or not. You know, it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to sell it. You know, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm doing this craft in my spare time purely for me. And that is a powerful thing. And, and you know, I think dedicated time of not being productive, of not, you know, of not trying to make, of not trying to work. Um, You know, cooking, I find cooking really great because you can make food and that's something that you can eat. And so in a sense, it is productive, but then the food is gone. And and that is about me taking dedicated time to care for myself. Uh, and that's really important, you know, to be able to then be motivated enough the, in the evening to actually cook rather than, you know, I crawl out of my room and I just fall on the floor for a bit. That's not a healthy work-life balance. Yeah, and, you know, I know... It's easy to say a lot of this stuff and then, you know, you might be looking at your own stuff and be like, yeah, I'm just busy every single hour of the day. And, you mm. know, I think especially when you're starting your own business as a startup, that might be very true. You might have stuff, you know, you might have, you know, 24 hours worth of stuff that you feel like you want to get done. But I think what would be valuable if you're wanting to try and step away and give yourself that time to basically be able to step away and then come back uh, recharged would be to have a, a to-do list you know you might if you make yourself a to-do list it might feel a little less like you know everything needs to be done ASAP but more so that okay there's this stuff this you know I, I really do need to get um you know these assets created for this graphic design job but actually now that I've got this plan and this detailed document that I keep on top of actually that's doing a couple like maybe next week and my you know friday's a little bit clearer i can schedule it in there so i think if you're able to make to do less plans even if it's on your calendar slog scheduling blocks uh, to allocate towards certain tasks and projects mm. it will make you feel a little less like there's just everything's on top of you all at once you know you've put on the shelf you're not carrying all of your books in both arms yeah and that's absolutely a technique I've used lots of times I think people underestimate things like lists you know take the time to write down everything you've got to do and then you can set that aside and purely focus on that one thing that you have to do then you know we've said it before and I'll say it again no business in the bath for me when I'm having a bath that is like pure just me time no phone calls no emails, no chats. I, you know, I, maybe I'll put an episode of something on, but it's usually candles and silence, maybe a bit of music. But the idea is that is like active time to disengage. And if you're not allowing your brain to do that, I mean, going to bed is really difficult because then your brain is trying to do all that disengaging whilst you're trying to sleep and then your sleep will be disrupted. I feel like a lot of work-life balance comes back to how well you sleep because if you're just not sleeping good, you're going to be sort of messed up all over the place um but then there are habits that you can do to get that sleep to be better quality 
I don't know if you you want to talk about your your crazy sleep system that you used to employ. Yeah, it was a, a couple of years back, and this was when I was full work, no life, uh, balanced. Oh, the amount of coffee you drank. Yeah, where it's uh, called a, an Uberman sleep schedule. And it was basically, uh, you slept in 20 minute blocks spread out across the 24 hours. And it equated to about two hours of sleep, but it felt like you would slept four hours. You could redial it in to maybe be like you sleep about four hours and it feels like six hours. But I went all in. I was like, you know what, I'm doing this 20 hour things. But, um, you know, I think at that point, you know, and this goes for anything, um, you know, sometimes there won't be a perfect work balance and, you know, that's okay. Sometimes you just do need to crunch and, you know, even the best businesses need to do that. Mm. But I think in any time, you just need to, when health gets involved with it, just opt for that. You know, there's no point if you start having serious health impl- implications due to the working, yeah. always just go and choose uh, your health because, um, you know, it might be you're off for a couple of weeks or months um, due to whatever ailment comes along or, you know, never know what happens. But, you know, potentially looking after yourself now could save you years. Um, yeah. And and I think that's right. We had, uh, well, I mean, we, I see we, I had some dental issues recently, which, you know, was really difficult to kind of get seen to and to get dealt with but there were also elements of sort of a ticking time bomb and it was okay January is a much quieter month for us let's just get these teeth taken out now and then I can take the week off that I need so that then when I come back I can be good and and sort of fresh and ready rather than we wait and suddenly mid-production or you know of a shoot I'm having to take that time off so there can even be a little bit of like forward planning to an extent but of course you're right health issues can kind of just come out of nowhere can be unexpected and prioritizing yourself as an individual as an asset as an asset to your business but also like for your own life your life will be longer than any job that you do you know they talk about a life's work somebody's life's work but what about when they were a kid what about when they retire you know what about all those off moments when they just want to explore themselves or see the world your life is is you know is more valuable than the work that you do because as a human being you know you have inherent value and to try not get too philosophical about it um it is always so much more important you can't always prioritize your health but when you can you have to do it you know, I think this entire thing comes down to like almost like if you had a boat, you, you might, you know, the business uh, is at the, the bottom of the boat and the flotation and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, there might be holes in it that you need to address and you can't be up on the top decks piloting and pushing your life forward in the right direction. Uh, but at the same time, you at top as the person in your life, uh, you know, the boat's useless if it doesn't have a pilot, not a pilot. Yeah, have you ever been on a boat? I have indeed. I've been a fair few times. Okay. I do love your extended metaphors. They are wonderful. They really are wonderful. I felt like it'd been a while, so, you know, need to bring it back. But yeah, this has been quite an enlightening episode of BizPod. I think we've covered a lot of good things here. And just, yeah, one final wee thing on sleep. I would say if you think you can, just experiment with your sleep. You know, I know for myself, like five to six hours does me perfectly any more than that and then things go awful any less than that things go awful even though the eights are recommended uh, you might find different numbers uh, you know i've heard of people where they can easily do a four to five hour sleep or they need the you know i know a couple of people that are in the eight to ten hour region who are still very outgoing and hard working so i think if you can you know 
take some time, fiddle fiddle around with it, tweak it, and find out what works best for you, and you can get the, you know, live life to the best of your ability. Uh, I think you're right in saying that because I know that I, if I get good quality sleep, I can sleep a lot less. Um, but more often than not, my sleep isn't good, and therefore there's sort of these extra hours where I'm lying in bed. And so some days, like today, I was just like, screw you. I woke up at six. I stayed in bed till seven. I'm just going to get up and just start working. You know, it means I'll crash a little bit this evening, but I then also get more time in the light outside in the sun. And I get, you know, more time to kind of just see how I feel because I think that sort of need to be alive is really appealing. But also our brains need to take the time to process not only the stuff in the day, but just generally memories, your life. I'll leave you with this one idea because I've been doing a bit of research about sleep recently, that there was a test that was done where they gave a load of people a puzzle that they couldn't quite complete in one session. They let them sleep on it and then come back to the puzzle. And it was something like 75% of people were able to complete the puzzle after they had slept on it because basically your brain runs through all these scenarios and helps you problem solve and sort of filters out memories you don't need, records the memories that you do. And so if you're really struggling with your sleep, that can generally affect your problem-solving ability during the day. So do be careful. Yeah. I was just wondering, Anton, because, you know, I wanted to contact us. And how would I do that? Yes, of course. You know, you can go by uh, ye olden's email at contact at nakamedia.co.uk. But if you're a little bit more contemporary, we are, of course, on social media, a.k.a. Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn at Nakamedia LLP. And we do have a, a bit of a website floating around on there. Do we have a website floating? How would I find the website? Indeed, it is nakamedia.co.uk. We have originals, portfolios and some other new exciting podcasts by your truly Louise. Me. Mine. <laughs> I did that. No. Um, yeah, I've got a really exciting podcast currently, which we're recording the new season of, which is called A2 Millennials. A bit of a deeper look into, um, or an introspective look into oneself. And then we also, we do a little bit of podcast hosting too, don't we? Indeed. We're currently um, a publisher of Popcorn Profile, which is a lovely uh, film podcast uh, focusing on directors, currently on its sixth season. Very exciting stuff. So if you're interested in that, do check out our website. And, you know, if you're maybe looking for a video or some graphic design or photography, do check out a bit of the portfolio. We've recently updated it. Updated it and it's looking pretty slick overall. Oh, it's looking gorgeous. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, do leave us a review. Thank you for listening. Au revoir.